The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome, you're listening to Conversations with Money. I am your host and only host, Franco Caligiuri. <laughs> you planned that one, didn't you? Of course not. No, it just came to me. <laughs> your only host. No, come on. And, feeling, and my co-host. You're feeling sad about not being on last week, aren't you? <laughs> you know, I got some messages uh, saying, you got to get back on there. Because that is not true. We, you need, we need a male perspective. That is it was just too... Cozy, fuzzy, <laughs> loving. You know, and well, just welcome to some, conversations some, with money. Yeah. I am your host, Marissa Zeppelinski. Well, hey, let's high five. Come on, <laughs> come on. Now it's good to be back. Uh, I miss you guys. I heard welcome the show. Back, Franco. You welcome guys back. did a great job. Thank you. It was Ali. a little. It was a little too female for you, though. You say no. Hey, it wasn't just me. I just got messages. Just oh, saying, I don't get in there. You. Get in there. Well, welcome. Get in there back. with your Harley Davidson. Welcome back. Thank you. you don't even have a heart. I don't. I don't. I'm just trying to be a manly here. I appreciate it. So our show is about our relationship. We're actually talking about our relationship with money and our interaction that we have with money. Our limiting how we beliefs. use it. On money. Limiting beliefs. Absolutely. And how we feel about money and how you make decisions about money. And today I'm really excited about talking about money because, Marissa, you did an incredible job on creating some stats and you woke up at midnight, uh, and uh, well, I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't actually create any stats. I. I was. You're talking about no. You did Friday some research. Night. You yeah, did, some did some incredible research, research which uh, everyone appreciates. I appreciate. Yeah, it was. It was the Friday night before. Um, we were talking on Thursday and Friday about what we wanted to talk about today, and I know we talked about cash or credit question mark. The yeah. big question as to, you know, you're at the counter and do you pay with cash or credit? And I don't know how many of us evaluate that every day. I think we often just default to credit because we have it. And and so after we talked, I was thinking, what drives people to decide? You know, how do you decide, do you pay with cash, do you pay with credit? And if you pay with credit, are you making, you know, more frivolous and more impulse purchases because it's not with your hard-earned dollars that you worked so hard for? And and so I got talking to a few people about it. It was the consensus was generally if they only paid with cash, that um, that they wouldn't be making the same purchases, and that they would pause for a longer period of time before making those purchases. And so that's what got me thinking. You say I got up at midnight, but it was it was before the hundred kilometer race that Chris was doing on Saturday, and it was. You know, I was lying there thinking, what goes into preparing for a hundred kilometer ultra marathon like that? And it was a lot of discipline and persistence and drive once committed to the goal. And 
I think that that's what, you know, and I saw him go through it in terms of the preparation and in terms of the discipline. That's when I got, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I started writing about discipline. So you make fun of me for waking up and, and uh, you know, writing out all these notes. But the tie-in for me with discipline and the question on cash or I credit. I can find other things to do if I wake up at <laughs> Thanks. No, but I think discipline <laughs> It's funny, I, uh, I wikipedia it and it was like, discipline is the assertion of willpower over more base desires. And so it got me thinking, it's like, okay, we're all walking around with these base desires. These okay, impulses. hold on a sec. So, so yeah. before you continue on, yeah. so the discipline of, is the assertion. Of willpower. Oh, willpower. So what does that mean there? Well, I th- the, what I, this is what, I, what I, I think we're all walking around with these basic desires, these impulse desires, these feel-good-in-my-body desires, this buy the chocolate cake, buy the alcohol, buy the sugar, buy the things that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, like cheesecake. Getting out and training for a 100-kilometer run every day and, and doing what it takes to show up to that start line mm-hmm. and completing – does not necessarily feel good. I wouldn't call that the base desire. That's the willpower, putting, implementing a training program and showing up for it responsibly every day, day after day after day that you commit to that until you see it through. Okay, well, let's put, let's put that in, in, in the financial perspective. Creating financial independence. So what's the definition of that? Definition is that we are no longer dependent on family, friends, or government, Mm -hmm. or institutions Mm -hmm. to provide our financial well-being. Mm -hmm. So how do we create that same approach of completing a 100-mile kilometer? uh, kilometer. (laughs) Just another 60 kilometers if you make it miles. Well, some some countries do use miles. So I want to make sure we respect our friends. Let's go 60. In the U.S.? 62 miles. 62 miles. 1.6 times that. Once you you cross over 20, that's a lot. Once you're over, yeah. Okay. And so how do you create that same discipline into, well, creating financial independence? Because our show is called Conversations with Money. And one episode that we had, uh, which actually was one of our higher listening um, shows, was with uh, Chad Vimnitz. Mm -hmm. And Chad, I hope I said your last name correctly. Uh, It was called uh, Money Assassins. Mm -hmm. He talked about the credit was hasn't really been around that long. Mm-hmm. It was really created and started to permeate society in the 80s and really took off in the 90s, where today to not have credit mm-hmm. is very weird. Mm-hmm. You know, have you, I don't know if you, you like to do these surveys with people. Have you actually asked that? Who doesn't have who credit? Had, who doesn't have a credit card? Yeah, I, I've come across it a few times. Because some people have actually said, yeah. when you ask them that question now, in the last 10 years, I found that more people are now saying, I, if you ask them, do you have an emergency fund? Mm-hmm. Emergency fund, it, the purpose of that is for emergencies, financial. Mm-hmm. So you, you lose your job or mm-hmm. you, you need, um, there's a crisis, you need money. They say the line credit is their financial emergency. Yeah, and... And I think that's why I wanted to talk about the discipline in regards to entering into the conversation on cash or credit was because I don't think it's necessarily a matter of saying, no, I won't have credit. You know, I, and I told you I did a challenge for myself once where I did the, the creditless week and I, I just used cash and I spent significantly less. I tracked and I spent less because it was different and I, there was a different Why connection. did you spend less? I think it was a different, I think there was a, a greater connection to the money 
the value of the money, how I worked for the money. When it's actual cash and money, you have a greater uh, connection to it. When it's when it's credit, it's like future dollars that are kind of monopoly money dollars. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to disconnect from it and spend more than you would if you had to pull out actual dollar bills. So... But but what I was getting at with that and when I, I thought about what that was like for me, I don't think we need to all go through the creditless challenge to to learn to build discipline and to learn to spend less. I think the challenge really is how do you implement discipline the same way you would if you were training for some crazy 100-kilometer, 100 100-mile 100 mm-hmm. race in a world in which still credit and, and all those fancy things exist around you. You're going to be standing at, at the counter and offered the credit. So how do you take the credit and not go crazy? Yeah, well, I, I would actually disagree with you on that. How so? Because do you necessarily need to get the credit if it's there I or think, if, it, uh, if it's available? I you think, know, I was at uh, Sears. Mm-hmm. I was sharing with you before the show started. I was at Sears and uh, looking. my wife and I were looking at a mattress or mattresses. And the person said, well, if you sign up for the Sears credit card, you're gonna, you'll get 10% um, discount. And I said, not interested. <laughs> you know, I like those ones. <laughs> yeah, I told him I was interested. The guy, the guy looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, I'm not interested. He asked why. I said, first of all, it uh, will it'll hit my credit score. That's good. Will it matter? No, but it will hit my credit score. But also, I didn't want the fact. And I even said to the guy, I said, look, I streamlined all my cards. I only have two. One for the business, one personal. Mm-hmm. I don't want to complicate my life. The greater value for me is simplicity. Right, and to have this additional card because what they're hoping is that that uh, I won't pay off the uh, the actual charge, and then so I'll carry interest and they'll pay interest. Right, and it's just a scam. Yeah, I remember you said that to me when I took the. I said yes to Home Depot when they offered me ten percent <laughs> off uh, for the credit card, but my intention was, which I did, was take the credit card, take the ten percent off in the moment. Which was it was a five hundred dollars moving. It was five hundred dollars or something. So it was fifty dollars, and then I paid off the balance right away and canceled the credit card. So does that hurt me? Does that affect my credit? I say yes. Okay. Because you do that and then you cancel it right away. And what does it show on your credit? It oh, shows right. that yeah. uh, you know what you can handle it. So you just got went for the discount. Huh. See, yeah. it's, it's not just as simple as just taking it because again, what they're a for profit company, right? And we're not. We're not slamming credit card companies here. No, the I, banks. I get it's just, it. I think it's, it's a short-term. A yeah, I guess it's a short-term versus long-term perspective. Well, because when you go on credit, when you actually borrow money, what are you saying at that moment? I have a faith in my ability to actually earn this money in the future, and you're borrowing from the future. That means that that money in the future is already spoken for. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's almost one, th- it's just over a third, it's between 30 and 40% of people carry their credit card balances. So That's too high. Mm-hmm. That's high. Why? Yeah, well, I mean, the statistic, it would show that it would actually, even if I have the 500 to pay off Home Depot, I would be less likely to pay it off just because it's on credit. Right. So I'm setting myself up for disaster. And it's funny, like, we talk about the discipline and we talk about all of this and you know, it, to some degree, we want to have access. You know, if I was trying to say I don't want to eat sugar, I, I, I want to come to a point where I could have sugar in my house and not go crazy eating the sugar. But I don't need to taunt myself with all my favorite sugar stuff in front of my face sitting in, you know, like I, there's a balance. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the, same, it's the same with this. Yes. Unfortunately, we live in a society 
which is filled with so much commercialism and so much advertising in our face. Look at the kids that come out of university. We were t- I was talking about this with Chris on the weekend. The kids that come out of university, 18, 19, or sorry, 20, 21, that whole age group. There's booths set up all along there offering you free credit cards with a, with a promotional da-da-da, whatever, and a flight here and there and points here and there. These kids have no concept of what it means when they say yes to those credit cards. Hey, it's no different than when uh, cigarette companies uh, came out. The younger that uh, they get them hooked, the better. And I know we're probably going to get some, uh, some angry emails. Like, well, you're, you're comparing it to cigarette companies. It's no different than, than getting addicted. Credit is an addiction that's yeah. very difficult to get away from. Right. Well, that's why. And that's why I got really interested in talking about and, and thinking when I woke up to writing out a, my thoughts on discipline and what it takes. Uh, my thought on it wasn't so much, you know, to to, um, you know, make it something that everyone needs to exert with money right away. But I think it was more so to have the conversation around, you know, where do you choose to exert discipline? And I think once you see that, it's a positive thing because you can see that you have the muscle. It's a muscle. So even if you only choose to exert in one area, it's a muscle that you know and you have an experience of building. Franco is flexing his muscles <laughs> at me right now. I can't and handle I it. You need to stop it. Yes. No, but it's a muscle. And so whether you start to build it and exert it, my, my like the same as firm. you would if you were tra- – I'm not looking at your muscles <laughs> right now. Same as when you would train for a 100-kilometer run. Or if you would train yourself off, you know, on eating well or whatever area of your life you choose to exert it in, you have the capacity. What you're saying by saying, I've done it in one area, you have the capacity to build it in another. And with finances and working towards your financial goals, it's just a muscle. Yes. So let me, let me ask you. So we're going to use Chris as an example right now. So Chris, <laughs> we love you, Chris. Thank you for participating, even though you didn't agree to us. He's part of the but, data gathering. <laughs> so- how how far out? So uh-huh. the race happened over the weekend down in Portland mm-hmm. and Portland, U.S. And how far out? So when did you start training? <clears throat> well, three months ago, six months ago. We actually we, he signed up for it. No, no, no. You can't really just train from nothing for a hundred kilometer run in six months. No, he, I, I get, I get. It. He's already months. been doing this. He's been, you know, he's been doing. He's been a runner for a long time. Yes. He did. So how long? The longest. Ten years. No, no, no. How long has he been running? I don't know how many years he's been running. He trained for this, though, consistently on a very tight, a very consistent uh, regimen for about, I'd say, four to six months. Because it was October that he signed up for it. Okay, so so let's... So four to six months. But it was a very focused, determined What did he do? Effort. Well, it, there's measurement. It's interesting. Suggest? I was thinking about measurement. Like you do your runs. You've got your measurement on your watch of all your different paces and your exercises. And you measure it and you track it. And then he worked with a coach. He wrote it down. He wrote it all down. Actually with every pen and week paper. Every would give everything this to is his what coach I ate. Here's the and calories. get feedback on that. Okay. So there's, so there's the training and then there's the measurement. And and it's funny because he started from, you know, he didn't originally track absolutely everything. And he built the muscle mm-hmm. to track and to train day in and day out, even on the days when you're tired. Because he was so focused on achieving that goal. And it, it's it's funny because it's the same with, we talk about measuring and tracking with, uh, you know, our finances and budgeting. It's no different. Okay, so so if we were to equate that to a person's financial... Uh, well-being mm-hmm. or their life, mm-hmm. four to six months, what would that be with someone's life? What do you in mean? In terms of, of I'm, I'm trying to overlay that that example yep. of racing, yep. discipline, yeah. approach to 
someone building up that discipline with with building money, their net worth, financial yeah, independence. Yeah, I think if you did that in three to six months, if you did three to six months of disciplined effort, driven and and focused at that goal, at building your financial uh, financial goals. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you build a significant amount of wealth in those three to six months, but you build behaviors and muscles of di- building the muscle of discipline towards your financial decisions. You have the capacity to make huge changes, huge changes in three to six months. Well, I'm going to add something to that too, and that's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Well, sacrifice going back to disciplines, using your willpower against those base urges or base impulses or things that feel good in our body. You have mm-hmm. to sacrifice. Yeah, that. no, absolutely. For you know, I I'm going to share for myself. I bought an apartment uh, when I was 23, and the sacrifice I, I I didn't have the money to actually buy it, but the sacrifice into it, I didn't have money even for the mortgage, and there were times that I was literally eating corn from the can itself. But see, a lot of people would look at that and go, that was, that was stupid. Why did you do it? I did it because I wanted to create uh, wealth and I saw it as a way to build it. And also because I had read a, a book that invests in real estate and you'll be able to, to make money. <laughs> and so I jumped right into it. But there's, there's, I think that's something to also discuss, and we're going to go into a break, and let's bring it back to the table and have that discussion because I think the, the sacrifices are very important because you can't have it all. No, I, I agree. You say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yes. And, and you say no to something, and you're saying you're making room for something else. I think, you know, I know we're going into a break here, but I want to keep talking about, you know, what it takes what it takes for somebody to to implement that type of discipline on their financial goals, what it takes to exercise that and what it looks like to build it and how you can do that in a world in which is filled with credit and options and opportunity. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can email us at info at Capital Core Financial or you can call us at one 472 5790 We're going into a break now, but we will catch you on the other side. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, the break there. Now, I just want to get back into this conversation here because I think it's, uh, I'm enjoying talking about uh, money and credit. And I want to start by just going back to what we're talking about, what we finished with, and that is having, the, the, basically creating the, the sacrifices. So what those sacrifices are to, to create the financial independence. Because with, with, with it, because... I can imagine someone who is a single parent and they may have um, couple, you know, two children and they may go, well, I'm already making a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, I think How can it, I create that discipline to build, build wealth? I think sacrifices are sub- so subjective though in terms of what looks like a sacrifice to you might not look like a sacrifice to me or, my, or vice versa. You know, you, I've always had, you've had, we've had multiple conversations with people where, you know, they say they're, they've sacrificed everything and they have no money and they don't know where the money and you look at it and they're buying their fresh juices every day and they've got their yoga memberships and they've got all these things, um, which are fine. I don't necessarily think that those need to be pinpointed as the things that need to be sacrificed, but I think we walk around in a very, you know, the whole first world problem joke about we all have quite good lives that we think what we're sacrificing, that's not really sacrifice. But not everybody has that good life. Mm-hmm. You know, let go back to that uh, single parent mm-hmm. that's just making ends meet. How do they create financial independence? And this may not be the platform to really dig into that, but I, I don't want to forget about those people mm-hmm. that are looking to build wealth and that, uh, that, they're not buying the juice mm-hmm. or they're not going to Starbucks, but they, or they may be, they may be having a cell phone plan that may be very expensive or maybe having cable TV that, uh, or Netflix and, and spending money on a credit card or buying clothes. It, it, so I think it's an important discussion to have mm-hmm. at whatever level that you're at, mm-hmm. because we probably do spend money on items that we don't need. Yeah, I think there's also, when you say the word sacrifice, I think there's also quite a clouded judgment on that meaning. And I think I've worked, and I, we talk about this yeah, all the time, when you say to negatively. people, can I see your budget or can I see, they get scared and they yeah. cringe their face and it's like, oh God, I'm going to have to penny pinch and I'm going to have to cut out everything and I'm going to have to sacrifice. There's this negative association opposed to recognizing you know, we're sacrificing all the time when we say no to something to make room for something else. That's all it is. But how many people walk around looking at sacrificing financial purchases mm-hmm. to, okay, I'm making room for my financial future. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. Defaulting to, to that within your own mind. I think definitely getting rid of that negative link mm-hmm. to what it means to sacrifice and measure and, and be responsible uh, would be the first step there. Yeah, so we don't take responsibility. Yeah, we're speaking of responsibility. I, I think that's that was where I wanted to go in terms of, you know, going back to discipline and, and and the training that goes into building that muscle. How do you know, I think that a lot of us don't take responsibility with our finances, which which is where the lack of discipline, you know, it leads to lack of discipline. 
how does one start to build that muscle and start to take responsibility? Um, I don't know for yourself. I always imagine when you have children or you hit certain times in your life that that triggers it. I don't know. Is that something that you found when you got, was it when you got married or when you had children? Well, I think, I think uh, before I answer that personally myself, I think you can go in two ways. Mm-hmm. You can either take on that responsibility and change your, the way you're doing things and connect with the, the effects that, that occur with your decisions. Uh, or you can go the opposite and uh, rebel against it. Hmm. Because when you are faced with a certain decision or having to change, when you do have kids, when they say uh, that your life will change, it does change. It never is the same. And the reason being is because now you have responsibility for another individual. You could either accept it or decline it. Mm-hmm. Each one of them has an effect. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the declining that responsibility. No, I get it. I think, though, the effects are the thing that we're, we're failing to connect with. I think very few of us walk around when we, we make a, you know, we spend our money, we're not looking at what that's saying, you know, what that's saying about what we're supporting and what the effects are on our future self. <laughs> well, okay, well, let me, okay, what you're saying there. So how about going into debt? What is that saying? Because the majority of the population has made it normal. Mm-hmm. So the third that you yeah, talked almost about. 80% are in debt. So why is that normal now? Hmm. One time, uh, about eight years ago, an individual right. came in, phoned in, and I was working. It was 5.30 at night. Yeah. I picked up the phone because no one else was here. And the person said, oh, yeah, I'm interested in travel insurance. Not, we don't do that. <laughs> but uh, he said, I need it. I'm going away the next day. I'm like, okay, I'll help you out here. It's not what we do, but I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Came the next day, charged on the credit card, declined. So, oh, I got another one. It was no big deal to this individual that the card was declined. Mm-hmm. Where in some cultures today, in Asia, mm-hmm. but even our parents, for that card to be to have been declined, that would have been they would have been horrified because that to them it said something about how they manage money. To people today, younger generation, and I would say probably throw in some other older individuals, that's normal. Oh, no big deal. I got another card that we can throw it on. But that charge was less than $40. That is, that, that's not, we're not talking about $4,000. So I guess the question is, how did we get to a point in our culture where that's normal and that's okay and there's no reaction to it? How have we become so disconnected with where we're at and the effects on our future self? Absolutely. Because then, then and what I find confusing is that then, then students, they get, uh, they, get up in arms when and tuition goes up, but they could actually save money right away by actually paying off whatever credit card debt that they have. Typically, it's 19%. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of going off no, on a different path I, I, uh, I think a big part here, of but, this, going back to students, and I was talking about the 19, 20, 21-year-olds that are handed credit cards, I think we're given a responsibility without the maturity. Right. So, and I think that's- or training you're, behind you're given, it. You're given a tool, you know, it's like putting a gun in a child's hands. And, and it sounds, you know, it's an yeah. extreme. And then violent. say, be responsible. Right, right. You know, be how, responsible. How am I supposed to be responsible? I was never trained. Yeah. Kids aren't taught. There's no financial literacy course that's implemented across the board. And so they're coming out here with this tool- this credit card, mm-hmm. this access to cash that they don't haven't earned yet, you know, and then fast forward however many years and we still don't have that financial literacy as adults, 30s, 40s, 50s. It's not that uncommon that we see it. And, you know, a, a, and we're still doing these behaviors and we haven't matured enough 
to fully take responsibility and responsibly hold these cards. You know, so then we come up with these creditless challenges that I was talking about. And it's like, great, I'd love to see everybody go on this creditless challenge and act like they're only spending what they earn and connecting with the dollar and likely making many fewer uh, impulse purchases. But, but it's not realistic. It's not realistic at all. We live in a world where it exists all around us, and you can get anybody can get access to the credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and also on top of that, too, a lot of people, they argue that, well, I get points. Mm-hmm. That is one of the biggest scams going on right now, accumulating points. Well, I get points. I, I redeem them for travel. So I guess, I guess the question is then how do, we, how do we do it? What kind of tools, what kind of tips can we implement now? So that we can live in a world, like we're not going to change, I mean, it's going to take a lot for everybody to start stepping up and taking responsibility to it. I think it's a matter of looking at, you know, how do we, how do we motivate people to connect with the effects of their purchase decisions? How do we motivate people to take that discipline that they exert in, whether it's a physical goal, uh, an emotional goal, whatever it might be, and, <clears throat> and implement it in their financial strategy? I, th- I think the, the, the most responsible thing that people can do when they have credit card and they do want to accumulate the points, when I made the comment, it's a scam, I accumulate points. Mm-hmm. But what I do is I actually take the money and make sure I have the money. I, I actually track, my wife and I, we track our expenses and when I do charge an expense, I pay it off every week mm-hmm. instead of waiting for the 21-day cycle to pass and to get the statement. I pay it off every week. So that way I feel in my bank account how much money I really do have. And I'm not boring in the future. So that would be tip one. Yeah. Tip number one, you pay it off right away. You create that discipline to pay it off every week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. You pick a day. Pick a day. So don't carry a balance. Don't carry a balance. If you want those points, great. Well, now you're ahead of the game instead of behind the game. I have a tip that I like. Somebody I talked to said they put a little yellow sticky note on every credit card um, that basically just said, can I afford this? Is it necessary? And they had different <laughs> one-liners. I was, is this necessary? This is can good. I afford this? Yeah. Um, do I really need this? Is yes. this a need or is it you know, just something I feel? Well, like that sticky note should go on the, on the rearview mirror you of the know? car. Yeah, or, or like will my one of them was, will my future self want this? You know, is it worth it? Yes. Um, I don't know if we necessarily connect with our future self in the impulse moment, so that's a little bit more difficult. But I think the, is this necessary? Is in a very uh, is a very obvious you know. Well, come on. I mean, besides food, shelter, and uh, and what? Water. Food. Well, that's part of food. <laughs> yeah. Food, shelter. What's the third one? Food, food shelter. shelter. And air. 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 Right. We really don't need anything else beyond that. No. So I mean, chances you can are argue. those credit card swipes are not going for. What's that? Chances are those credit card swipes are not going for food, shelter, or air. Although the food thing, and then there's a huge room for, you know, in the food thing itself. And a lot of people, you know, you, you meet with people who are struggling and who have no money, but they're still, you know, buying frivolous things at Whole Foods. And I'm not judging it. I've been there and I've mm-hmm. done it. So I'm yep. not judging it. But in the moment, that feels like a necessity. You know, the whole I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, right. blah, 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 which I've done too. Yep. But I, I, I can't do it anymore not knowing, like laughing at myself, knowing that I'm just part of this whole pretend celiac world of gluten-free. Right. That's not really 
legitimized for me to spend two times the right. amount of money if I were to go to a no-name grocery store. Yes. So I think it's it, there's still a there's still room there for you to convince yourself. And if you need to convince yourself, if I look at my sticky note, and I think that's a great idea, putting a sticky note on all your credit cards, is this necessary? Do I need this? If I look at that sticky note, and I have to have a long dialogue with myself of talking myself through why I need that gluten-free bread that's two times the price of the not gluten-free bread, and I don't really have a celiac allergy— then there's then there's a moment of pause where I can actually say, okay, this is I don't need this. Wow, the brand the the advertising really got to you. What for the gluten free? Yeah, <laughs> which I think is done for 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 millions of people out there. Well, that's can I just I, add something yeah. to what you're saying yeah. there? Using credit cards has actually added to the increase of the food costs. Not that's not the only thing, but because credit cards, the merchants typically have to pay anywhere from one and a half to three percent. To the credit card companies for the consumers to use that credit card when they go shop. Do you think the merchants eat it? They increase the price. Hmm. And so all of us, without realizing that we've actually are increasing the cost for the merchandise. So imagine, just work with me here. Imagine the world with no credit card we may actually see a decrease in someone's food costs. So without realizing mm-hmm. this, this, this whole idea and obsession of creating points, of gaining mm-hmm. points, it's like social media. It's not free. Mm-hmm. It's not free. There's a cost to it. So what's the cost of us using this? this credit facility that's given to us? Well, and I think that actually leads well into the next tip that I would recommend. Um, Tell me. I love that we're making these organically, but it really does flow. The next one would be measurement. I know we talk about it all the time, but I would challenge people to go out and do a credit list week and track everything. How much did you spend? Everything. You know, it freaks people out. No, but that freaks people out. Do one week where you track all your spending. Okay. And then the following week, introduce your credit cards back. No sticky notes, no nothing. Just try your regular spending, track it, and then compare the two and have data measuring one week spending versus the other week spendings. I would be astounded to see if anybody had the exact same. I would be surprised, let's say. I imagine, given what, what we know, the majority of people would have spent more when they introduced their credit cards back right. in. So typically what we've experienced, what we've seen with our clients, is a 20 to 30% decrease in their spending. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. Well, I can't put more money away. Right. Mm, yes, you can. Well, I think I think the big thing too, though, is connecting with, and, and that would be, I think, the next step is connecting with our goals. I think the reason when you're connected with your goal, when you're connected with that finish line of the hundred kilometer race or the hundred mile race, whatever it might be, when you're in that moment and you roll over and you the alarm goes up and you have to wake up and do a forty kilometer training run and you want to stay in bed because it's raining and you're cold and your legs right. are tired. When you're connected to getting at that start line in in a month from now and you know what that you have to do this yes. to be prepared, you will get up and you will do what you have to do and you will sacrifice that cozy bed and you will make the you will implement the discipline to continue on your training program. I think very few of us are really connected with our financial goals. How, how, you know, sitting down and actually look like, here I am today, 35 years old. Where do I want to be in 10 years, 20 years, five years? 35. Thank you. 
Uh, do you want me to ask you how old you are? <laughs> okay. How many of us really sit down and look at our financials? What is the number? How much do I want to have in my bank account? How much do I want to have in real estate? How much do I want to have set aside for me in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Until you have those numbers, those tangible numbers, and you connect with that as a goal and then come up with a plan to work your way back to today's time, no kidding, we're not, we're not able to implement that discipline. No kidding, you know, the alarm goes off and I stay in bed in, in regards to that race. If I'm not connecting with, I don't have that race goal or I don't have that financial goal, we make it a lot harder for ourselves. So I think that next step would be setting goals. You know, and you don't have to, if you don't have a goals program and you don't want to look out to 20 years, what do you want at the end of the year? What do you want at the end of 2015 in your bank account? But I think it's important to look out because, you know, so many of us, uh, we, we give ourselves that excuse that, uh, well, it's too far out to look mm-hmm. at. Before you know it, it will be here and 20 years uh, will, will, will all of a sudden be a reality today. So we need to have that important thought process and really work towards that. You know, I, I go back to that one show that... Uh, that I said, should we train? No, no, oh. it's the one where just you and I and and I and I brought up the idea. Should we train for retirement? Right. So actually, take time now to be able to. <laughs> I thought you were just asking me <laughs> if you could go on another vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being serious about this. You know, and I, and when I was yeah. actually in, at the conference in um, in Kona, uh, Hawaii, it uh, I thought about this. Mm-hmm. I go, should we really train for this? Because most of us get into that phase in our life without really knowing what we're going to be doing. Right. And most people, once they retire, they're dead within two and a half years because there's no purpose, no longer a purpose. Did you make that up? No, it's, it's oh. just, just do a search. <laughs> Look you it just up. make that up? No, come on. No, I, I don't get it. Pull I don't, yeah, no, I don't either. My, yeah, that's just crazy. I won't say that. Um, so, okay, so connecting with our future self. I know right, we, we got to go into a break here. Not, but not yet, but we got a minute. I, connecting with our future self. 60 seconds. How do we, how do we, I mean, I think it's a matter of also figuring out how do we do that. For a lot of people, you tell them to connect with your future self and connect with your future self financially. And what does that look like? They'll be like okay, but, okay, sorry to interrupt, but, yeah, but yeah. we... There's a lot of courses that say connect with your future self and, and, and imagine what you want to be personality-wise, mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Why is it any different financially? Why is all – I don't know. Like why is it? Why is it so hard for us to connect? Do you imagine yourself sitting on the beach? Do you imagine yourself doing, doing charitable work? Do you mad like – why is it so hard? Okay. Why is it? Why is it so? Well, we got to get. Not normal. We got to go on a break, but no. I want to keep talking about this. No, You're, I want to keep talking. I'm not talking to you Let's anymore. Keep, We're going on right. a break. All right, listen. <laughs> One thing that we didn't mention. I know it's in the uh, commercial side of things, but uh, we do have Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Your Money Matters. Remember, there's no e in the matters. So Your Money Matters. Uh, M-A-T-T-R-S. We do have a website. Our website is capitalcorefinancial.com. We have a promo video in there if you want to check out what we look like. Sometimes it's a shock when you actually get see a photo <laughs> of what people look like when they're on the radio. And we have a Facebook page, and it's Capital Core, Core Financial. Financial. See you on the other side. Bye. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. I'm your host, Franco Calagiri. And I'm your host, Marissa Zeplinski. We hope that uh, you had a chance to go to our website and check out uh, what we look like and what we, well, obviously, you know what you sound like. I was going to say what we, we sound, sound like, like, but I'm like, <laughs> you already know what we they're, sound like. You're probably pretty exhausted. <laughs> your voice, not mine. That was a joke. It was because you started with, I am your only, I am your host. only host. Oh, you can talk to me. Okay, so going back, I want to go back to the last point that we were talking about, which was setting goals and connecting with your future self. And you brought up in a very heated form that we oftentimes struggle with connecting with our future self. We do. So No, we do. Absolutely. And I thank you for uh, for reminding. Yeah. I, so well, I, the reason why I say that, uh-huh. the reason why I say that is because uh-huh. I've seen it so many times and – just there are a lot of courses. I go back to what I just said there before the break that we have a lot of courses where we try to connect of who we want to be, the our ideal person. Um, and so, why don't we have the same thing when it comes to, or why does when the financial advisor talks about think about your future that uh, we go into a default mode of thinking of that? Well, I want to live for today. It it, it, it contradicts mm-hmm. all this other teaching. I know it's a fine balance between, you know, you hear people say, if I die tomorrow, I don't want to die with money in my bank account. <laughs> or, but then there's also the, you know, well, what if you're alive tomorrow? So then you've got no money. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I think, I think it's a balance, you know, I, I think it's a balance with not having, um, I remember when I was a kid, I struggled with my, we had a white couch living room with like a tea set that we weren't allowed to touch and we weren't allowed to sit on the white couches. Was it wrapped in plastic? Yeah. No, but it was essentially, <laughs> you hear about people with the wrapped in plastic couches and we weren't allowed in there. And I remember every time my parents would go out, I wanted to just run into the room and roll around on the couches and drink out of the tea set. Yeah. Just because. I have a picture actually of me as a kid holding up, getting busted when my dad came <laughs> in and I was like three years old playing with the China tea set. And uh, it was just such a defiant impulse. Mm-hmm. And I think... 
Um, I think a lot of us do that with money too. And it's like some of there's the two extremes. There's the, I'm going to save it and not touch it. And then there's, we defy it against it as well, where it's like, I'm just going to use it all out of this fear. And it's like a hoarding versus spending mentality that I think comes up a lot of the times also with, you know, what we learned growing up. And, and I don't think there's a, a, a clear balance in that. I don't think a lot of us are properly connecting with that future self that sits on the white couches in a comfortable way, but also finds space in the, in the day-to-day to not live outside of our means. Okay, uh, okay I'm, g- I'm going to challenge you on something what you just said there, the hoarding mentality. Mm-hmm. But how does that relate to someone not wanting to look at the future and getting to, into debt or, or having – credit that they they overuse so where does that hoarding mentality come from mm-hmm. like, is, is it that is that we need to okay we can't afford it so because of this hoarding mentality that we need to buy more and accumulate more and and actually just a thought came to my mind that um my mother-in-law uh she so in in, in taiwan they had uh, the taiwan uh economic miracle that happened in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. where they created wealth mm-hmm. as, as a nation. Mm-hmm. And during that time, before that, money or food was, was, was a scarcity. It, it was um, you know, beyond the basic necessities of food, like mm-hmm. rice and vegetables. Meat was a luxury item. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her, it drives my wife nuts whenever mm-hmm. she comes and visits us, that the the fridge will be overstocked mm-hmm. and she'll buy food even right. though we have a month's supply she'll buy more and she'll buy more so every time she goes out she needs to buy more because in her mind mm-hmm. she has this built up just like with the with the individuals that that uh, they they have millions of dollars but they don't want to spend they can't spend it and they live off of fifteen thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. because they had they had this precondition that there's a lack Right, and so we need to keep right. and hoard. So, is that is that where you're talking about hoard or? Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's a fine balance. I think that exists a lot, and we've seen it a lot, and it often does stem back to things they heard when they were kids. But you know, or experienced, or experienced, yeah. And I remember being confused when I was a kid because I was like, "What are we saving the white room for? With the white couch teapot room for? Like <laughs> for that special for guest? That special, yeah. Like what? What are we saving it for? You know? And so there's a confusion for sure. I think we grow up with a lot of these different ideas thrown at us, and I do think that they play out later in life in our financial patterns, our spending patterns. Um, you know, whether it's defying against it or continuing with that same approach. I think we see it all the time. I don't think many of us, going back to the connecting with your future self, I don't think many of us, I mean, maybe we are, maybe it's just what I've experienced, but there's a lack of of connecting with an every purchase decision. How does this help or hinder my, my future self, my goal that I have? And it might just be looking at, we're in 2015. What is my goal for 2015? And if it's to save $20,000, to save $5,000, to pay $20,000 of debt off, in this moment, you know, just connect. It might be easier for people when they start off to just connect with this year if someone's just starting off on a goals program. Okay, so this year in the short term, I want to do X, save X or pay off X. Then when I'm standing there and I can put that on a yellow sticky note, on you know, put it on the inside of my hand, write it on a paper that's in my pocket every time I go to pull out my cash or my credit card out, is this purchase decision helping or hindering? Because there are some purchases decisions that might be helping. You know, how is it helping my future self? How is it hindering my future self? Because essentially every 
everything we buy, every, every time we swipe that card, every time we exchange the dollar, we are supporting one or the other. You know, and I think, I think that if we connect with that on a deeper level, uh, and we connect with what it looks like for us and really what we want to accomplish, we might stop and evaluate those purchase decisions uh, more. And, I, I, and stopping evaluating, I think, is so crucial, so important, because it allows us to measure where we're going and how far away are we from accomplishing that goal. I think that everybody could be out of debt 100%. very quickly. It's a pattern interrupt, though. It's even just giving yourself, you know, 30 seconds. I remember someone once told me when I was trying, not, I had, had a fitness goal, and it was, it was that crazy competition I did in 2010, and I remember when I wanted something. I'm going to post that no, photo. Do not do that. Diana, post that photo. <laughs> I want everybody to see it. And I remember. You were, you were in the let's what, not talk Wonder about, let's Woman not, outfit? No, 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 it wasn't a Wonder Woman outfit. That's Come a on. whole other thing. Oh, let's not oh, get Oh, it's a whole different area. Oh, no, Diana, you heard that. We opened and, up a And can I remember of worms. when I was getting. But it was off, pretty crazy, actually. I had a pretty you, restricted diet. Very, for what, six months? Uh, my restriction, no, yeah, it was six months. No, it was six, six months. months. Um, and I did a similar restriction of, not restriction, but I did a similar, uh, I had another fit, physical goal um, when I was trying to get into a certain shape for when I was doing my mountaineering expedition. And then I remember taking, creating an interruption when I want something of sitting in front of the thing for a minute and a half and, and evaluating. I would just do a minute and a half, 90 seconds on a timer. So if I wanted, what what were you evaluating? I would stop and think like, do I really want this? Oh, I see. So if it was, I was standing in front of a chocolate bar, if I was standing in front of hot chocolate, yeah, whatever. whatever it might be, it could even be just like, you know, you're standing in a store and you want to buy a shirt, Right. you know, standing in front of a minute and a half and without looking at other stuff, just looking at and connecting with, you know, the price, the Mm -hmm. cost, what does that cost mean? Do I really want this? How does this support or how does this hinder me? You know, and I remember you stand in front of the chocolate cake or whatever it might be. That's the impulse thing that feels good. That's satiative in that moment. If you create that interrupt for your thought Mm -hmm. process, even for just 90 seconds, you, it's hard. If it doesn't ultimately support the goal you say you're going after, you'll, it'll become clear very fast. So let me ask you. So when you were competing mm-hmm. and you were working towards the the fitness event mm-hmm. yeah if you had the chocolate cake what effect how how many days or weeks would it set you back um from days. your training days, days. Uh, yeah co- so how uh, much harder would you have to work how much percent wise how much more it sounds so silly like it sounds so no, no, crazy no, that it, was it's a not silly because this is actually very real yeah it, it was and I mean I even feel it now if I'm going out for a training run and I track all my numbers and I measure everything in terms of pace etc if I have a crappy food day the mm-hmm. day before or two days before I can see it in my running in my results from my run to, up to two days later okay, it's so generally 48 hours why don't we why can't we create and yeah. some people may, may write in and go that's just you guys are just so crazy right. but why can't we have and I'm poking Marissa right now on the shoulder <laughs> why sounds- can't right I just realized what, what I said <laughs> with my finger why can't we Even create worse. this <laughs> I'll move on right. why can't we create that same discipline, discipline. Mm-hmm. towards building well could we instead of this whole 65 age of retiring which has just been made up right okay why can't we create that financial independence in our 30s or 40s or 50s way beyond we can we just have to exert that same discipline if we create that same discipline just what you talked about yeah would we have would we have that much greater success do you think we'd have more people millionaires and it's not about the money it's about financial independence 100 percent 
So why are we doing that? I, like I said, I think we've, we live in a world where it's very easy not to. And we all, we're okay. human beings where has this, walking around where, where taking the, the easier route. We're but how is it created? the easier route. And again, that's probably a different show. Yeah. But that's what just came to my mind. Why is it? It's like wealth. From one generation to next, mm-hmm. like our, our parents or our ancestors worked hard. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Can, can you say that, oh, I got a million dollars because of four generations ago? No. They created it and no. it's been passed down? No. Why? Why is it so hard to pass on wealth? Yeah. Again, why, why are we having this discussion? For one time, speechless. <laughs> <laughs> and Franco is happy. <laughs> why? <laughs> that's, that's a high five. Come on. Yeah. You got me so, speechless. So, Success. All right. Dan the documented the yeah. particular time. <laughs> one of the three. Uh, so why... why why is it so difficult? Well, again, you know? going back, I think we've made it we we've made it hard for ourselves. And I think and I think that's why it's going to take a lot of work. It doesn't have to be horrible work, but it's going to take a lot of work to live in an, a house where you say I don't want to drink and to have bottles of booze all over your house, to say I don't want to have sugar and have sugar in your house, to live in a world where there's all sorts of things available to us via credit and have credit cards and not cut them up. You know, how do you do that? I think another part, you know, I would say the next, the last step that I would final, you know, the tip or step that I would call it is to ask for help, to find an accountability buddy, to leverage resources. There's so many people out there that are resources that that can help you. Uh, And we talk about this every time. Leverage resources is a tip that we talk about all the time. But I want to strengthen, too, that it's not just any resource. It's not, don't ask your friend who struggles with the same problem of Go to experts. Absolutely, yeah. Find an expert. (laughs) And and not, don't just defer to authority. I think a lot of us abnegate responsibility by deferring to authority because it is authority. We think banks are good just because they're banks. I'm not saying banks aren't good, but I think there might be some better options sometimes. So I think it's do your due diligence of knowing what is the strength. You know, I would work with a coach. My coach Ray is, I think I I got to know him on a deeper level of what he has done, what he's accomplished before I took him on as a coach. And that's why I have him as a coach. I wouldn't take on a coach who just says that they've accomplished this and that and not look into it and see if it's legit and look at their credentials and what their strengths are. I'm not going to bring somebody on who, who isn't trying, who isn't strong in the area that I'm trying to develop on. Absolutely. So I think people need to go out and find a resource, find accountability buddy, work with somebody who can help them with where they are weak. So. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I can't believe we're coming towards the end of the show. And uh, I want to just thank uh, some of our listeners or our listeners out there that have been tuning in. This is our 13th episode, 13th show that we're, we're airing. And we just want to thank uh, and do a shout out to, to these countries. I've been listening in uh, Canada, especially, well, we have to go there first. You know, we, we are in Canada here. So Canada, the U S across the U S uh, the Russian Federation, uh, Japan, uh, that's that's new. Um, the UK, United Kingdom, UK, uh, Germany, Delhi, uh, Egypt, Kuwait. We thank. We want to thank everybody. Yes, we're excited that people are listening in. And I think that the main sum up that I want to do for today is if people can take some of the tips. I think looking at making sure to pay off the credit right away, not carrying balances. Use the sticky note tip that, you know, I got that I think is great. Put on your credit cards. Do I really need this? Is this necessary? Looking at measurement, okay? Do a week credit list and a week uh, with no restrictions. Look at the two. Look how the two have a contrast between them. Uh, Set goals. 
whether it's just for 2015, whether it's for five years, 10 years, whether it's for 20 years, set a goal and connect with your future self, even if it's 90 seconds of a pause at purchase points to connect with that. Create some sort of interrupt where you're able to do that. And of course, leverage resources. Leverage resources. And uh, make sure you tune in, tuning in next week. Uh, we have a guest that we're very excited about. I am very excited about uh, just because I enjoy soccer. And uh, Jay Demerit is going to be joining us. And, and uh, his, his wife, wife, Ashley MacGyver, gold medalist Olympian. I'm excited to Canada. have them. Absolutely. So interesting conversation. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, athletes and money. And so I'm very excited to, to go over that. So make sure you're tuning in. You, you take the time to carve out an hour next week. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening in. And have a have wealthy, a wealthy week. week. We'll like see you next week. Oh, sorry. Have, have a, a wealthy, wealthy week. week. <laughs> thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. Music.